0: cognitive distortions have you heard of that do you have any clue what that is I didn't, you know, as far as like a term and also like how it breaks down. So what we're doing today is we're looking once again at The Narcissist in Your Life by Julie Hall, because I want to be able to talk to you about this. And this shows in this category of how it actually breaks down some as far as like parent child, but also just in general, as far as like cognitive distortions with narcissists. So I'm going to read from you a little bit and we're going to talk about it here. Okay. Cognitive distortions. People with NPD by definition have cognitive distortions that interfere with their ability to reason see the middle ground, judge fairly, act impartially, and moderate their emotions. As parents, they model irrational thinking patterns and often dogmatically insist that their children agree with them. Cognitive distortions go hand-in-hand hand with emotional reactivity and lead to misunderstanding and misinformation. Here are several forms of cognitive distortion common in narcissistic families. Number 1. False Dichotomies the narcissist either-or thinking creates false dichotomies, or the belief that only two sides of an issue are possible and that one must be right or the other wrong. Narcissistic parents have this redu- reductionist view and expect their kids to go along with it. They typically categorize their children and view things as mutually exclusive. If one child is good at math, for example, the other must be bad at it. Nor the family identifies as high-achieving, then everyone must fall in line with talent and success. Children in these situations are forced into roles. They often struggle with, with the confused belief that to be loyal to one parent, they must reject the other, which naturally causes anguish, confusion, alienation, and guilt. They may feel forced to take sides between their siblings and other relatives, their friends, and even parts of themselves, such as feminism or mac- masculine, feminine or masculine, creative or logical, and athletic or studious. So the example it gives here is Martha is the brains of the family. She gets straight A's. Jesse hasn't started school yet, but we can tell he'll be an athlete. The idea of false dichotomies, it's either or. It's either this or it's this. This goes back to the idea that narcissists have black and white thinking. It's either all good or it's all bad. A lot of times you see this in the relationship when a person reaches a certain place where the narcissist like flips the switch of like, okay, now you're all bad. You did this one thing that hurt me. Now you're all bad. There's nothing good. They don't remember anything good about the entire relationship, the entire past. They don't remember anything good that the kid has done throughout the entire relationship, throughout the entire growing up. All they remember is this one thing. You are a bad person. And as a result, they start to shame and project that shame onto another person time and time again. The narcissist's black and white thinking leaves no room for gray area, leaves no room for grace, leaves no room for anything else except you're either all good or you're all bad. It's either right or wrong. It's either my way or the highway. There's not another option. So a narcissist oftentimes won't back down from proving that their way is the right way. That proving that they have to be followed in a certain way. That proving that something has to be done the exact way because they have to be right. And that black and white thinking can be very hard for a lot of people to process and figure out what's going on because it cuts it so clear for the narcissist. But everybody else is confused because they don't understand the black and white thinking and they also don't understand what the narcissist is thinking in either regards. For me, a lot of my black and white thinking like growing up ended up contributing to the idea of like feelings and emotions of so this is a good feeling. This is a bad feeling. This is a good emotion. This is a bad emotion. And I got to the place where I thought, okay, emotion as a whole and feeling as a whole is just all bad. And all of a sudden I was like working with my therapist and she was like, you know, that that's not true, right? Like, Emotions aren't good or bad. I was like, what? Like, no, no, no. It's kind of crazy. Like, my emotions are bad. Like, feelings are bad. Like, we put those to the side, we push them down, and we move on through life because we are not supposed to be sidetracked by feelings, especially a bad feeling or a good feeling that's going to, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, what? Finally got to the place where I was, like, understanding that emotions aren't good or bad and that it's okay to have emotions. Like, it's it's, It's normal. To have emotions. Now, I know some people are like, like, yeah, like, are you stupid? Like, like, it's normal to have emotions. Like, I wasn't thinking of that. I didn't realize that. Just thought that's that's a good emotion, I can experience that, that's a bad emotion. Or sometimes it just be like no emotion. No, my therapist being able to say it's okay for you to have emotion. It's what you do after that that makes your actions good or bad. <laughs> So false dichotomies. Number two, personalizing. It's natural to personalize our experiences somewhat through our own point of view. But narcissists habitually relate external events and situations back to themselves and often assume that others' thoughts or actions are somehow personally targeted at them. This exasperates exasperates their emotional reactivity and breeds misunderstanding and paranoia. Example it gives here. The Morrisons keep, that, keep those old cars in the yard just to spite me. Narcissists like to take everything that they're looking at and they'll turn it around and they'll put it back on themselves. Like, that was done to spite me. That was done to humiliate me. That was done to shame me. That was done because they don't like me. And they turn everything around to put it back on themselves. That was done for this reason. This is why a lot of times when you try to give a narcissist criticism, it doesn't get anywhere because they're like, you're attacking me. Like, that's not to help me get better. That's because you hate me. That's because you no longer like me. That's because you don't love me anymore. That's because, and they flip the switch and all of a sudden, all your good intentions, all the good things that you've done, all the things you helped them with switch over and now you're the bad person. But that narcissist is just black and white, that false dichotomy and then making it all about them. You're doing those things to affect me. What you see with narcissism with the DSM-5 is the idea of jealous or envious of others or thinking that others are jealous or envious of them. They walk through life thinking that a lot of it is about them and thinking that people that they see are interacting with them or doing things towards them. When in reality, they don't really realize that that gray area of it's not black and white. People aren't either thinking about me or not thinking about me. It's like a lot of people going through life just don't even care because they don't even notice you. Because a narcissist will walk down the street, they'll see someone looking at them and be like, that person is looking at me. Or that person cut me off because it's me. Or that person, and it all becomes very personal really quickly. Number three, filtering. When we engage in filtered thinking, we focus on certain details we're looking for and downplay or ignore ones that don't match our bias. Narcissists are prone to filtering to support their view of themselves and others and to justify their behavior. Filtering often filtering is often negative or positive, going back to that, negative or positive, depending on the narcissist's emotional state. Example, Jake has everything and I have nothing. His boys are handsome, his house is perfect, and after his wife died, everyone felt sorry for them. Again, that goes back to those false dichotomies of all good, all bad. You're going to see a lot of times you'll see the black and white thinking engage more and more and more when we're talking about narcissism. Number four, polarized thinking. Polarized thinking involves narcissists seeing things in extremes with little to no middle ground. Notice the trend? Narcissists never learn to integrate positive and negative aspects of themselves or others into a realistic perspective. Example, no other city compares with New York and no other people compare with New Yorkers. The biggest and brightest come from here because everything and anything that matters happens in New York. Like putting it all into one bucket, all into one thought process. So they don't learn to put different aspects into it of integrate the negative and the positive in a perception. They're just like, nope, it is all this. This person is all that. This the promotion is all that. I'm all that. Like, all that kind of stuff comes there with polarized thinking. Number five, overgeneralizing. When we overgeneralize or stereotype, we take on one or a few isolated examples and generalize them into a fact or larger patterns without adequate evidence. Narcissists tend to overgeneralize for the same reason they use polarized thinking, because they miss complexity and interpret reality to match their overriding emotional needs. Again, it goes back to the narcissist. It goes back to their needs. It goes back to what they're trying to do. So example here is she didn't hire me because she is a lesbian and everyone knows that lesbians hate men. Like they start to put that idea out there of like this happened because of this. And they start to put up their emotional needs of like, I feel shame. Like I feel shame because I didn't get the job. It must be because of that when it had nothing to do with that. But oftentimes they will overgeneralize and they will over put stuff out there to try to feel better about themselves. Number six, catastrophing. When we catastrophize, we worry about the things that might happen, look for trouble, interpret things negatively, assume the worst, and jump to worst-case scenarios. Life becomes a minefield where, where small or insignificant things are inflated into potential disasters, insurmountable obstacles, or exaggerated losses. Narcissists may catastrophize because they want attention, and sympathy need to see themselves as victims or are easily overwhelmed by anxiety. This happens so often with the victim mindset of, oh my gosh, like this happened to me. Like this is the worst, like help, like all this kind of stuff. They'll play the victim card. So example here is I've been up all night worrying that it might snow this weekend, which will mean my flight will be canceled and I'll be stuck in the airport and miss Thanksgiving. Always making it about them, always circling back around to be about them and be the victim. All right, last one right here, minimizing. Minimizing. The flip side of catastrophizing minimizing involves denying or dismissing the real issue or problems. Narcissists routinely minimize their abusive behavior to deflect responsibility and blame, and they minimize other people's concerns or problems, such as a child's hurt feelings, so they don't have to deal with them. Narcissists don't want to deal with their feelings. They don't want to deal with what's going on because those are inconvenient. The example they give here is the kid is too sensitive. I needed to get his attention, so I raised my voice and I guess it startled him. But I don't see why he would cry about it. Oftentimes you see with the cognitive distortions that narcissists will use false dichotomies, personalizing, filtering, polarized thinking, overgeneralization, catastrophizing, and minimizing as a way to be able to cope or as a way to be able to process things.